Oh, hello there, sparkling lights. Oh, I am not sure if you are real or hallucination caused from strange ethereal eggplant. But I love where you shine and glimmer and bright up life. Uh, you inspire me to thank patrons who do same for all of us on Caravan of Wonders. So special thank you to Michael Pollard, Mary Rain, Michelle B. Oh, so, so wonderful. Uh, Jason Campbell, Cheryl N., Chris Walsh, and Matthew Smets, these very nice people. Chelsea Deb Helke, Heather Baird, David Forsey, and Shell Scott. Oh, oh, oh. Olga Krasik, Noreen Elizabeth, Mike Hammond, and Colatis. Now, if you do not mind, Rowan keeps looking like plump holiday goose for some reason, so I am just going to have small nibble on arm and see if he tastes as good as he look. Until next time, sparkling lights. Hello, it's Yuri Ditchdigger, your resident law bard, to catch you up on what happened last week on Wonders and Blunders. After escaping the scary inn for ghosts on the ethereal plane, the party flew off following the magical finger of the Compass of the Lost, which will hopefully lead them to a portal home. Flying through the mist of the ethereal was an unnerving process, which quickly became terrifying when a huge tornado came spinning out, capturing the party within it. With some quick thinking, Valen cast Webb on the party, sticking them all together so they would not be flung to the far edges of reality. And Valen and Bree managed to steer the webbed up pile of adventurers through a portal, where they found themselves plummeting into the autumn court of the Feywild. Ahead of them lay the rising mountains and wintry landscape of the Winter Court, and the compass pointed them towards a huge wall separating the two courts. But before they could figure out a safe way to cross without being spotted by the Winter Eladrin, the side of the mountain disconnected and a huge frost titan forced its way out, causing an avalanche which is currently racing towards them. Let's not waste any time. How are they going to get out of this one? Star has just returned from scouting out the wall and you hear the crash and rumble of a mountain falling apart beyond the other side of the wall. Calls come out in Sylvan from the two Winter Eladrin standing on the wall as a white wall of snow and ice and rock starts to tumble down the mountainside towards the wall. Uh, you are standing on the other side of that wall in the Autumn Court. What would you like to do? Run. <laughs> I'd not go over there. Stand in stock. Stand st soup stock still. Yeah. <laughs> how, how big is this giant compared to the one that we fought in the forest? Uh, so the giant that you fought in the forest probably would go up to the shin of this oh, uh, titan geez. that is coming out of the side of the mountain. So you saw one of these in the very far distance oh, okay. when gotcha. you were first yeah. walking along the edge of the Aetherlock. This massive arm swinging out and grabbing into the side of the mountain as it pushes its form out, rock and ice cracking around it as it starts to force itself out of the side of the mountain and stand up quickly. Its form is lost in this like swirling snow 
that picks up all around it as this massive avalanche starts sliding down around. You see like its knee swish out of the snow to the side, like throwing boulders, which crash into the wall at the bottom, like knocking huge holes into the side of it as these Winter Eladrin take out bows. Um, and even over the sound of this crashing snow and ice and rock, you can hear the two Eladrin, their voices magically amplified putting out a call which like echoes down the wall. And our compass is pointing us in this direction still. Right yes. towards the Titan, yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, good. I mean, uh, seems like <laughs> I want to hide behind a tree. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, if that comes down through the wall, like a tree is not going to save us. It is Should rushing towards you right now. Run, run. Uh, Run, yeah, run. Like Into uh, the hole. Star, yeah, Star starts running. Star starts running just parallel to the direction that he's, or perpendicular to the direction that he's running. Yeah. In, I, into I the holes? Ben was running straight away, and then, like, when you guys call, he he, he skids to a stop. It's like, the, yeah, uh, holes, won't they fill up with snow? This we whole forest is going to fill up with snow. Yeah, but the I, wall I, I, could, uh, the wall is like, how tall is the wall again? 40 feet? 80 feet. 80 feet. Uh, yeah. could, the, mm -mm, mm -mm. the wall could stop a lot of the snow, but it might shoot into the is holes. There a, is there a hole nearby? As you are looking around and all of you looking at the wall to see how much it's going to stand up against this wall of snow, the sky is blotted out as the snow hits the wall and gets fired up into the air above you, creating this tidal wave of snow and rock and ice. And as you spot these holes, which get darkened as the sky above you darkens, the snow falls and hits you you can make strength saves we're all dead lives. is this what you're gonna do this is the saver die right at the beginning. this is the saver die right at the beginning oh, oh it's an eight. Eight. Crit fail eight. but i reroll as a halfling oh that's nice. not good uh five eight three five 16. three 16 and, and, uh, 14. 14 minus one so 13 13 and 14 and 14 okay you are all swept up and tossed around. Um, it is 34 uh, bludgeoning damage. I'm, I actually don't uh, have I'm a, You know what my max HP yet. is, yeah. <laughs> what is your max HP? 33. I only had 21 to start with right now. Uh, so the two of you are unconscious. Three of us. Sorry, wait, how much damage was it? 34. And the sound outside of the, of the yelling and the crashing disappears as you are packed into your own crushed sphere of snow around coffins. you. Snow coffins. Snow coffins, yeah. Yeah. Is it a shared snow coffin or individual snow coffins? Individual. Been sort of tossed around. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Swaddled again, Valen. <laughs> Swaddled again. <laughs> well, it's just uncomfortable to die any other way. <laughs> so who who's still conscious? I am. Bria's. Star. Uh, so what would the three of you who are conscious like to do? Cry. Um, I want to take the magic <laughs> rope. Star takes the magic rope out of his bag and speaks the word to it and tells it to go straight up. Oh, okay. Do you remember the magic word? <laughs> Come on, really? Are we going to do this right now? I'm just curious if you do, because I just remembered it and it's, uh, it was funny. I actually don't remember the magic word. I don't word. either. Go, 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 go. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? No. Why did we? I believe, yeah, that Why? was the ancient draconic. Mm-hmm. That was the ancient. Ancient draconic. Yep. Yeah, the ancient yep. draconic word <laughs> carved into the side of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you speak the command word and it does. So where you are sitting, it actually goes like to your left. Oh, that sucks. Uh, and starts swirling its way out and, and sort of like digging uh, a small hole through the snow. And after like 30 or 40 seconds of digging, you start to hear sounds from outside, like a whistling gale of snow. Cold air bursts down through the surroundings of the rope into this area that you're in, and hardened pellets of snow start to swirl around the inside of your uh, of your snow tomb. How far did it have to go? So kind of like looking up through the hole, it, it looks like you're about 15 feet under the snow. Okay. Is it possible to like try and pull on the rope like the rope becomes like rigid right yeah was yeah. So it possible to try to pull on it to help like drag start drag digging myself towards air <laughs> uh yeah so it uh you you have you can like feel the air against your so you no longer have like a smother risk in here okay and you can start like slowly digging the the snow is really packed around you so you know which distance to go in but it's going to take some time to pull yourself out from here okay then star's just going to start doing that Okay, three. Can I make a survival check to determine which way is up? Like, whether sure. or not I feel blood rushing to my head is the only thing I can really think of. Okay. This is this is still unfamiliar terrain for Bree, so I don't think I'd know what, what to do in an avalanche. What direction rolls in on your face? Uh, I only rolled a 10, 5 plus 5. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult to tell. You are so packed in in here, and it's completely dark. Okay. Um, Would you like don't really to know. rage? Bark lightning directly <laughs> forward okay. and just start like digging my way out while holding my breath. So you can do uh, athletics, uh, which you do with advantage for raging. For one turn. Oh, that's a nat one and a 12. Uh, so 17. 17? Okay. So you, yeah, like the lightning just vaporizes a chunk of snow in front of you, which gives you room to move your arms forward and start a digging motion. The bottom of your body is packed in until you're able to just like flex and scream the snow away from you basically as you start clawing yourself forward. Rowan. Yeah, so I can't move any limbs, eh? Yeah, so you're you're packed in. All right, well, I'll do a survival check as well to see mm-hmm. uh see which direction is up. Uh 12 plus 8, so that's uh unnatural 20. How how do you how do you determine it? If I can't move any limbs then uh then yeah, I think I just do the classic spit and uh and see what happens. Yeah, so you uh, you spit, it just like hits the snow in front of you, and then after a moment, glops back down onto your face, and you see that you are facing upwards. Oh, gross. Yeah, gross. Okay, all right. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to start um, shimmying my body around to try to clear space as, uh, and, and just slowly work my way to, to, to turn around to face that direction and, and start digging. Like, that's... Okay, athletics. Nice. I'm rolling well today. Uh, 19 subtract 1 is 18. 18? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you do, like, you you start moving back and forth, uh, compacting the snow around you. And as you just sort of rotate uh, in a circle, packing the snow in, it gives you enough purchase to work one arm up and start digging and and pushing snow back into the space you've just cleared. Mm -hmm. It takes you quite some time, Star, uh, but with your claws, you can, you're able to dig your way 
following the rope out. Uh, you had the best strength save. You were actually closest to the top. Oh, okay. That's how it works. So you dig your way out to, to the edge of the rope, and as you, like, pop out the top immediately, like, your fur is blown back as you see there is just this howling blizzard formed outside. You can see a huge dark shape moving in the mist above you, and the ground, like, shakes around you as somewhere in the distance, it sounds like these Eladrin have started fighting this titan, Mm -hmm. and you don't see anybody else. The trees, the formerly autumn forest that was around you has disappeared, and you might as well be in the middle of the world's by mountains again. There are no trees. They've all been buried and uprooted by this huge avalanche that's come through. Oh, wow. Star's going to stick his head. Once he once he pulls himself out, he's going to stick his head down the hole and oh. shout like, Rowan, Bree, anybody. Your words are like ripped out of your mouth by the wind, okay. even sticking Give your head sparks. into the hole. Like a perception check to like look around to see if there's any markers for anybody, like see if anybody else is nearby. Uh, yeah, you can do you can do that. Look this grand like adventure, and we're gonna get killed by an avalanche. I mean, <laughs> avalanches are deadly. At least oh, we're yeah. learning something no joke. today. Yeah, and and none Have of us managed to swim. This we is an educational podcast. Moving. Otherwise, you're packed in a little coffin. No, it, with the with the swirling snow, like it, it's just a torn up forest around you. There's roots sticking out. There's rocks and ice. You don't see anything. Star's gonna take the rope out, like speak the word of the rope again so that it becomes soft and pulls it out of the out of the cavern. He's going to try to sound for people, like he's going to walk a couple of steps away and speak the command word and get the rope to go down the way that it came up to see if... Oh, cool, okay. Just roll a, a straight d20 as like a, a luck roll. 19. 19? Okay. This rope just going to impale someone? <laughs> <laughs> I won't break the rope like that, make it a one-hit kill. It does like go down into the snow um, and is feeding out through your hands. Mm-hmm. Bree, as you are sort of climbing forward, you feel like an impact on your back. Nice. <laughs> Keeps my rage going for another turn. <laughs> Counts as being attacked. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would try to feel what that is. Yeah, so like ro- rolling over, you, you do grab the edge and you feel a, a rope. I pull it. You feel a pull star cool okay well i speak the word to make it stop and don't do anything okay once i feel that i'm gonna try and squat actually star is gonna do a stealth roll he's gonna try and squat down to stay low because of the raging fight that's going on yeah yeah um <laughs> which wow that was really bad 10 10 <laughs> the worst i can roll that's out of a critical fail yeah the the biggest the biggest difficulty i think with like stealthing here is that you have no idea where any of this stuff is like you can see this looming form moving Mm -hmm. in the distance every once in a while like cutting through this thick blizzard of snow you see like a huge limb but you can tell by the sounds and what it is that it's not like actively looking for you Uh, yeah the issue with with hiding here is that your survival is basically luck on whether or not the fight comes over here. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So I guess he's Star just crouches down, tries to keep, you know, keep an eye and also like holding onto the rope. Yeah, as you're watching, you see like a tree like sail by uh, and just like disappear into the distance into the howling wind. Being an Eladrin guard on this wall would be the worst job. <laughs> Pretty lousy. Doesn't seem like it happens sucks. every day. But... <laughs> what do we know? It's a living. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I've got the wisdom to figure out that there's there's no other man-made objects around us. This is a sign of somebody, and I'm just swimming through an endless sea of snow right now. So I'm going to follow this rope to its its conclusion. Yeah, and and I, I think even like you read Draconic, so you like as you're pulling on the rope, you see the words "go go magic rope." Um, <laughs> you said an important word in that, which is read. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you you start digging in this direction and similar to star like the the rope like to get down here kind of has to swirl and corkscrew which creates a bit more space around it mm. um so air starts to flood into your uh into your tomb i'm a lizard folk i can hold my breath for 15 minutes <laughs> but you don't have to no no way man i, I gotta use this speed for once like i'm gonna i'm gonna do yeah. it okay I, I've got a question. My cloak allows me to turn in the mist, and it says it can move through water. Does snow count? Oh. <laughs> I know, like water. I mean, it like, is like right? really stiff water. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can try. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm as I'm like squirming, like a weird noodle to try to get out of this. It occurs to me that I have this beautiful cloak, and uh, so I'm like, oh yeah, right. Oh okay. And then using our precious oxygen to say that, I uh, give it a flick <laughs> and turn into mist and uh, see if I can move. As mist. Okay, um, so you turn into mist. Uh, I, I think immediately the biggest difference you notice is that the necessity of air becomes a lot less mm -hmm. when you are a mist. So you also remove the smothering threat, That's and a you are able to find like tiny crevices between snow. Uh, and and you you're moving extremely slowly on a molecular level. You are sort of able to shift yourself upwards through this snow very yeah. very slowly. Movement. Via osmosis into it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to osmose myself out of here. Okay, so you, you know which way is up, so you slowly start making your way up. So I'll say at basically the same time, Bree digging, and you as Mist make your way to the top of the uh, of the avalanche. And I guess, mm. do we see yeah. Stir, or is he so stealthy it's impossible to see yeah. him? No, definitely not. I'm, no, no, when you, when you pop out of the snow, you see Star's face kind of like, He's just sort of expectantly looking at the whole snow all in his whiskers. Yeah, unhappy, uh, very unhappy looking cat. Star, you're okay. <laughs> Where are the others? I don't, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I used the rope and I found you and this is how I managed to pull myself out. But uh, once once you pulled, I just stayed here. I, I, I don't know how to find anyone else. Yeah, okay. I, I think Bree would, would just immediately kind of get down on all fours and start trying to like truffle pig her way uh, to the others. Yeah, Star's gonna, mm -hmm. once Bree pulls herself out, Star stops the magic of the rope and gathers the rope in his hands and yeah, then I'll, finds I'll another place and to uh, sound. Okay, so the, the two of you can also make like a luck roll. I'm gonna um, convert back to, to myself as well and, and uh, just kind of start helping out as best I can. Okay, um, so Ro Rowan, you, when, when you do make it through the top layer of the snow, immediately like the wind Mm -hmm. whips you up like as soon as the first part of you comes up you are taken by the wind yeah uh, and sort of swirled up into the air oh, no. I, i'll transform form out of it because I, I as quickly as can to keep from getting too far up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, yeah. It, 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 it like carries you along the ground. You whip past Bree and Star uh, okay. and reform back into Rowan, just like dropping into the snow and kind of rolling with this uh, momentum that you've picked up from the wind. 
Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I'm, I'm on the other side of them now. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just start crawling back. Uh, guys, uh, uh, guys, uh, Star, uh, where is everybody else? As I uh, kind of drag myself back towards them. Okay, so you two are making a luck roll. Uh, how do you, what do you want to do, Rowan? Yeah, I got a four. Four? I rolled yeah. a nine. Come on, Rowan. Could I use survival or is this just straight up luck? This, uh, like, if you're just going to start digging in a random spot, uh, but you could use... You could use survival or perception to try to find more information. Uh, yeah, I'll do. I'll do a percep. While they're digging, I'll do a, a perception check to kind of uh, get a sense of what's going on around us. To make sure nothing's sneaking up. Okay. Uh, that's twenty-seven. So you look around. I think your vision is caught by this big swirling form mm-hmm. uh, of the of the Titan battle happening oh, behind you. Uh, another like boulder sails overhead, and you see a huge. Very quickly, a big white shape fly overhead and like swirl the snow towards this battle um, and start to hear another like blown out roar in that direction. And looking away from that and trying to get your attention back to the avalanche, you actually see the silhouette of a figure walking kind of perpendicular to you, dragging a sled. And over the wind, you can hear them whistling. Oh, maybe Gary can help us. He's whistling and they're walking through and there's this massive storm. I'm going to grab Star next to me and I'm going to kind of, I guess, half scream into his ear over the wind. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's someone coming through the wind over in that way. Uh, I'm going to see if they can help us out. Maybe stay, stay here. If he leaves before I can stop him. No, 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 I'm not. I've got my hand on you looking at you. (laughs) I uh, don't know if that's a good idea. Can we trust anybody on this plane? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm just gonna shrug at that and uh you know uh, more hands make lighter work and i'm just gonna kind of yeah. cast around about me uh wishing that there was something i could do quicker and then uh head towards that person okay and, until i can see them and, and get a bead on them um so as you come closer you see like completely bundled up in this huge fur coat and just like a scarf and goggles on great this humanoid, uh, a little shorter than you, trudging through the snow, wearing these big snowshoes and dragging a sled behind them that is just like sort of tarped over and tied with string, uh, leaning forward against the wind. And you can just hear this kind of muffled whistling. They see you approaching and kind of stop stunned and then wave frantically at you. I'm going to call out and Sylvan, uh, ask him if he's a friend. And you hear back in Sylvan. Oh, well, I'm no enemy. <laughs> Good enough for me. Yeah, uh, I'm, I uh, I trudge over. Oh, uh, well, uh, listen, uh, we, uh, I don't know who you are right now, but we, we've got some friends missing in, in some avalanche over here, and, and you, maybe we could help. Could you help us out with this? And, and I'm, like, kind of pulling. I, I'm actually going to grab his arm just kind of down by his hand, like, not aggressively, just kind of like that, and, and kind of tug him in our direction. Uh, um, yeah, as uh, quick as you can, please. Uh, every bit of help we can get. And as you pull on his sleeve, some of the fur closer to his neck, like around his shoulder, looks up at you, and you see this sort of fat mountain marmot, uh, <laughs> okay. which scurries down the sleeve and, like, scratches and sniffs at your hand and then looks at you and looks back at this figure who nods at it. We don't have much time best to get clear of this nastiness. Uh, uh, show me the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, hello, little guy. All right, all right. Both, both of you, come with me quick. And uh, yeah, I'll just start trudging back to where I left Star. So the Star and Bree, you two are digging kind of fruitlessly. 
um, moving snow, but no sign of anybody under the snow uh, in the directions that you dig. As Rowan comes back with this figure who looks over you and, and you hear him say, it in, do either of you speak Sylvan? No. Mm, no. Uh, well, it, Rowan, you say, it, you hear him say in Sylvan, uh, where, where to? We're at a bit of loss. There's three of us. Well, three of them, about three more friends in the snow. A small boy, we've got a human and a halfling. They're buried here somewhere. I don't know if if they're unconscious or conscious or what. I mean, we're just poking sticks into the snow. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just digging, I guess. Yeah, luck rolling and digging and, and while I'm frantically telling him this. So he kneels down on the ground and places his hands on the snow and kind of starts moving them around, burying his hands beneath the top layer of the snow. As he does this, you hear him kind of chanting and the snow around you slows and calms. And so in, a, in an orb around you, this snow is, is hitting this orb at high speeds from the storm and then stopping and falling gently around you. Uh, the whipping wind disappears. You can all hear each other much better in this stillness. Mm-hmm. And the orb rapidly expands. And under you, the ground just basically explodes upwards, throwing snow and rock into the air. You see it suspended all around you wow. uh, as this area that you're standing on stays solid. But you just stand on a floating island of snow. And among the floating rock and ice, you see the floating forms of Kara, Balin, and Ben. Oh, oh, okay. there, there they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. there they oh, are. There, can you bring them in? The slowly the, the ground below, all of the pieces start to fall back down and they fall limp on top of the snow. He says, uh, uh, gather them up. My place isn't far from here. Oh, th- yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I guess I'll just yeah. pick whoever's closest to me. Yeah. Star runs over and grabs whoever, whoever is closest. Oh, I assumed yeah. I would carry uh, two and just let Star walk, but... <laughs> no, if Bree does that, then... then yeah, it seems okay. more in character. Star lets that know. happen. Yeah. I assume that's what was going to happen. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we'll I'll, I'll scoop Ben up, and I guess, uh, Bree, you pick up Kara and, uh, and Valen. Yeah. Star goes last, and then when he sees Bree picking up two, he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you see this, this figure kind of, like, leaned over and shakily gets up from the ground... Uh, breathing heavily as this uh, again the storm suddenly swirls in around you uh, the wind again picking up and, mm-hmm. and blocking out all the sounds of uh, this horrifying battle that sounds like is happening behind you does all the snow like relocate back into this hole they've created yeah cool. so that he lowered all of this snow sort of back down it, it doesn't go exactly where it was or anything but lowered it back down and then the three bodies sort of rested on top of that the stranger after like shakily standing up and walking a bit slower now with like this these deep labored breaths you see like the mist coming out through his scarf and then quickly getting whisked away by this wind as he's breathing heavily and starts uh, uh, puffing his way through the snow in front of you. After a couple of minutes of labored walking uh, through this wind knocking you around, your eyes stinging, your skin burning from this intense cold, out of the snow in front of you comes this big silhouette of a twisting tall tower sticking out of the snow. And the figure in front makes his way up to the front. There's no doors or windows on the outside of it just a it looks like it's about 60 feet wide in front of you made of this gray and blue stone as it makes its way up and then abruptly turns to its left 
uh, around like the crown of a tree and then straight up again. Like a crooked wizard's tower? A crooked wizard's tower, yeah. Um, Extending up out of your sight into the uh, gale above. And as he walks towards it, the stones on the front start to shift to the side, uh, showing this huge ornate wooden door, which he pushes open and beckons for you to come inside. I'm going to give him an insight check as we uh, as we approach his tower. Okay. Um, ooh, I rolled low. Would my passives take precedent, or is this still? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if passives, then that's 21. He is quite hard to read because his entire face is covered. Mm, um, okay. <laughs> but from from the the context around this, what he did was not easy and uh, has so far been nothing but good to you. What's his uh, little animal buddy doing? It is as they step into the front door uh the little animal buddy uh sits up on his shoulder and shakes off all of the all of the snow okay that would and uh just starts like rubbing its paws together really quick yeah that's adorable (laughs) i'd follow okay yeah Bree would go right in has no real reason to question this guy right now and we're in the middle of a deadly snowstorm this seems like good shelter Mm -hmm. Uh, so you you step out of the gale behind you the door creaks closed uh and you can hear the sounds of outside start to get blocked out as sliding stones move back in place outside of the door, uh, masking its presence. As I pass the animal, I'd pluck off a, I guess, a semi-frozen blueberry and, and give it to him. Yeah, it, it grabs it in its hand. Like, this is a, it's it's quite a stout little mountain marmot. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly well-fed, but you wouldn't guess that by how quickly it grabs and gobbles up this berry as you give it to it. Just like, Oh, there you go, buddy. Lots of those. Lots more of those. And it uh, it chitters happily uh, and sort of brushes some snow off the top of its head. Love it. The room that you step into in here is a, a circular stone room with six hallways that extend far out of sight into the dark on all sides of you. Uh, looking up, you can see this uh, completely hollow stone tube basically disappearing out of sight into the dark above. Torches around in between each hallway light as you come in, showing a statue in the center of the room of a man, human man, uh, dressed as a super stereotypical butler. And the statue, as you step in, bows in front of you and says, Welcome home. Uh, You have visitors. Early for the party, I suppose. And he says, Well, um, yes, please, the uh, living quarters. And all of the hallways, one by one, clunk and close together right behind the statue and another wooden door appears there and as this person is like taking off their scarf and goggles he says uh, th- this way this way please uh jeeves have a fire started for us and he says uh, right away sir and you uh he opens up the next door into a large study with a blazing fire pit in the center of it uh surrounded by large pillows and uh, illustrious couches artwork from different artists from, it looks like, from all different styles, uh, lining the walls in between these big bookcases with one big picture in the center of a tiefling man uh, standing next to a drow woman. The two of them with just like this bright, vibrant excitement in their eyes and these sort of ratty adventurer's clothes looking at you as you walk in. And as he takes off his scarf and moves his goggles up, you see this tiefling man is the one standing in front of you. <gasps> Gasp. And uh, he is this deep red skin. Oh. And these big four large horns 
as he moves his hood off, uh, spiral up out of his head in each direction. And he says, uh, he says, oh, well, yes, uh, just pl- place them around the fire there. We'll, uh, we'll get them something hot. Have I ever seen a tiefling before? Like, how common are they really? Like, I thought that they were kind of... I'm going through the same questions right now. I'm almost (laughs) certain the answer is no. Uh, Tieflings are rare. I would say Bree, definitely not. Yeah, okay. I live in, like, a port city, so I could believe that I've seen maybe one. Yeah, because, like, Pralia, like, all sorts come through Pralia. Yeah. Okay, so at very least, he would be familiar. That's how I'm going to play it, I think. Like, he would be familiar with them and, like, not, like, oh, kill on sight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not, yeah. yeah. You know this is not the devil. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Star just says, oh, well, thank you. Uh, Bree, please put them down. uh, Yeah, Bree Bree goes over to the pillows and and, and puts down the two. uh, And then kind of leans over to Star and says, like, oh, he's some sort of goat man. Star kind of whispers back, like, it's called a, he's a, he's called a tiefling. Uh, he means he has some sort of demonic ancestry. It's okay. The use, if he seems kind, so I'm sure it's fine. This is uh, much more comfortable than, uh, well, out there in Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I, but you know, keep your wits about you. I, we are. This is an unfamiliar place. I think at this point, Bree now shakes off, um, and like all the snow collected on her just goes everywhere. I'll set Ben down into some cushions as well, and kind of turn and be like, whoa. Once again, thank you so much. I, I didn't even get your name. Uh, what, what, what's your name? Oh, of, of, of course. Uh, uh, absolutely no problem. I wouldn't leave you to freeze out in the out in the snow. My name is Kenoith. I'm, uh, uh, I'm happy to have you here. Uh, please, please relax. Uh, your, your friends, this room should, uh, should help them immensely. And as he says mm-hmm. that, the heat starts to melt away this horrible cold that has overtaken... Ben, Valen, and Kara, you all come back up with one HP as your eyes sort of flutter open to this raging fire as you're laid down in these, like, thick silk blankets. I'm going to ask how many death saves they had to make until we got here. <laughs> Choo-choo to railroad town, baby! <laughs> well, uh, this is this is quite a place. Uh, how, what's your story? Uh, how did you get here? What, what, what's, uh, please, uh, tell me all about yourself. <laughs> And he is like taking off wow. his his coat, uh, which he just sort of like lets go of, and it sort of swoops off to the edge of the room and hangs itself on a coat rack. The marmot gets down off of his shoulder and is just sitting on the ground and starts just like rolling in the blankets, <laughs> like a like a dog who just got out of the bath. Too cute. Where where are we? What happened? We're uh, we've been uh, we've been saved by this uh, by this nice man here. You were caught in an avalanche, and uh, you were knocked unconscious. And uh, luckily, just in time, we were. This man here came uh, came along and saved saved all of us. Yeah, yeah, you're all right. We're, we're all together. We're all together here now. So so it's good. Uh, you have my gratitude. Thank thank you very much. Of of course, no need no need for thanks. Uh, I believe uh, anyone of conscience would do the same. Uh, so, you you consider yourselves happy guests in my home while you uh, recover. And he looks over. There's these large half oval windows where the snow is still like swirling and galing outside. Uh, you can hear like the little not really traveling weather. Uh, cotton it myself. So uh, until is this it passes. A normal occurrence around here? No, uh, I wouldn't say normal, but uh, not entirely unexpected. You are travelers to the Fey, I assume. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, you'll find it more comfortable and uh, safe in here. My tower is uh, can be a home to, to any type. This uh, this place, 
uh, especially closer to the Winter Court, uh, is is known to house intruders from uh, all walks of life. Do you know what that thing was? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I didn't get quite a good look at it, but it seemed like about half the mountain to me. <laughs> Indeed. Do you uh, do you see something that big often? Is it like? Is, should we be worried? Are, are we gonna be all right here? Oh, we'll be perfectly safe in here. We'll wait for it to pass. I'm sure. Uh, I, I'm fairly sure I saw uh, an old friend on his way to deal with that. And b- between him and the guard of the Winter Court, uh, they, they'll have that sorted out in no time. It is large, mm. but not as fearsome as some of the things they've had to deal with on a daily basis. Uh, we've been oh. trying to find a way back to the material plane. Uh, do, you, do you know of the closest portal? Is the Fey effects still sort of happening? Like, does everything still feel disorienting and no. weird? So uh, oh. the, the walk here was quite strange, but with a guide who is used to it, you, you're able to travel at a pretty regular speed, but... Stepping in here, like, you feel like you're on the material again. In here, it's easier. You know what I mean? I do. Um, this is a, a, a place between places, Yeah, I suppose is the best way to describe it. Once you've uh, lived a life such as mine, uh, your home becomes extremely important to you, and sinking enough time and an awful lot of money into it, uh, you, can, uh, you can find a place that is quite comfortable. Yeah, right. No kidding. Do you know of the, the best way back? Well, I suppose if uh, if I rest long enough, yes, of course, I could I could send you back myself. Oh, that that would be oh. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Resting, rescuing you from under the snow has uh, has drained me uh, quite a bit, but uh, uh, yes, give give me some time to regain my energy, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. yes, I'll I'll have you back lickety split. Oh well, we we'll most certainly in your debt, then. I much appreciate. Well, of course, a of course. Fortuitous avalanche <laughs> to bring us together like this. <laughs> yes, we this, are, this uh, is a lucky day for all of us. I think. Very, very lucky. Lightning crashes <laughs> in the background. <laughs> uh, Bree sinks into like a big, comfy, comfy pillow by the fire, um, mm-hmm. and probably is like, "This is too comfortable," and just like rolls off onto the stone floor. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, sitting around this fire. Um, and talking, you can spend up to half of your Ooh. hit dice for free without actually spending them. Ooh, what a cozy fire. Hey, good thing it doesn't actually spend them, because some of us are not getting them back currently. <laughs> Though, Ben, I hope you enjoyed your sleeping time. That must have been nice. Didn't feel like sleep. <laughs> uh, uh, feel free to take your time recovering. Uh, if. I can have a room made up for you, if you'd like, uh, or, or you're more than welcome to, to sit here. Well, I, um, you know, I think maybe we could all kind of get our bearings together for a little while at least. Uh, I, now your uh, statue, your, your friend, your, your, your the fellow in the foyer, I guess. Jeeves, uh, yes. He, he, Jeeves, right. He mentioned something about a, a party. I'm, uh, we're not intruding on that. I mean, should, should we move to a, a separate place or, or, or you know? No, no, of course not. It's uh, it's perfect timing, actually. Uh, it'll, it'll be nice to have some fresh faces for once. Uh, believe it or not, today is uh, my birthday. Uh, oh, well, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy, birthday. happy birthday. Yes, well, uh, uh, a happy one indeed. Lots of new uh, guests in my home. And I, I would offer normally, I would just uh, uh, turn in right now and focus on regaining my strength. But there is still much to do before tonight when my family arrives and then lightning strikes outside the windows. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? Ooh, today 
Look at my calendar. <laughs> Super, you don't remember your birthday? I don't remember what it is in the Fey. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're in the Feywild. Who knows what day it is? Who knows how long we've been here? We actually do have to make some rolls for that uh, at some point, but we'll do that when you're leaving. Ooh, fun. Oh, yikes. Like your family? <laughs> Star's you poor and, family. Yeah, yeah. D- Dust is like a 20-year-old. Got into drugs. <laughs> no, without my steady hand. Oh, the cat <laughs> have a magic orb for an eye and a machine gun that talks to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, What's Dust up? is yeah. in a full matrix. <laughs> oh, Bart, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Bart got his hand on a magical almanac, and now he's the president. Oh, no. <laughs> where where your farmer would be uh, Janusbury 27th. Well, time just crawls, doesn't it? <laughs> in certain situations, it does indeed. Uh, but I do have much to do, so I will uh, have to leave you for now. Of um, do you have any food? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, anything you need, you can ask Jeeves for it. He will be right outside of that door uh, in the main hall. Any sort of food or, or drink that you would like, I have some preparations to make for tonight. Pinky, I, I believe you have some help to give me as well. And the marmot runs up his cloak and sits on his shoulder again. And you see, like, he leans to the side because of how heavy this <laughs> this marmot is. Um, and, like, while it's scrambling up him, he's like, oh, no, okay, uh, Daddy will hold you. Um, I have what might be a strange request, given that this is the, the first uh, place I, I've been in quite some time that, that may have the, the means. Um, might I uh, inquire if you, you have access to uh, magical papers or inks? Uh, I, I'd be willing to uh, compensate you for them. Uh, and he is like almost out of the room and then like turns around with this big smile on his face when you say that. And he's like, ah, a uh, <laughs> practitioner, are you? Uh, yes, um, aspiring. What, what is your school? Uh, divination. Oh, very good, very good. I'm uh, a, a conjuration specialist myself. Oh, excellent. Um, I, I do have paper and I would be happy to share it with you. And I may have a few other things that you might be interested in. Perhaps we could do each other a, a favor. Uh, I'm happy right. to uh, provide my services in, in whatever way might be uh, most useful to you. Very good, very good. Then my uh, my study, once you're a little more rested, uh, perhaps we can, I, I can show you my study. Uh, certainly. I, I'll, I'll be up um, uh, as soon as I've had a chance to catch my breath. Is everyone feeling okay? I bruised my ribs. I, I'm not feeling my best. I'm I need a break. I'm yeah. going to go ask Eves for some food. Um, so uh, Knoyth makes his way out through the door that he came through and closes it behind him. And uh, Ben, you're going to go back out into the hall? Yes. So you go over. When you see Ken open the door, you see a room with a big domed glass ceiling. You see another fire pick up as soon as he opens the door to go in there. And you can see the storm swirling outside of this glass ceiling. And uh, the door closes... <laughs> behind him, and when you open it up, you are back in the hallway that you walked into off the top. Uh, and the statue of Jeeves is standing there looking at you as you open the door. Weird. Uh, Jeeves? Yes. Excuse Um, may I have, uh, may we have some food? Of course. I will have it sent your way immediately. Uh, any requests? <laughs> Me. Kern shouts uh, like from the like, other yeah. side of the room. Peeks <laughs> beyond Ben and looks at everyone inside. Turkey, um, pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes, um, gravy, parsnips. Can you do parsnips? Of course. Uh, cranberry dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Salt beef. Do you, do you, can, do you know salt beef? Yes, of course. Um, we cream. snapped up some of the last of it. Had to pull it out of Noreen's hands. <laughs> Friggin' Noreen. If you'd asked, you'd just invite you over. I think that's good. Very good. It will be in uh, uh, straight away. No cabbage. Thank you. Peas pudding? Cabbage, <laughs> peas pudding, a whipped cream for the pumpkin pie. Uh, and everyone cream. inside the room, as Ben is saying these things, they are appearing on the tables around the room. So every like clear space, this food starts to appear as he says it. Oh, delightful. That's very convenient. It's been at yeah, least a week since we've had a turkey. <laughs> Do you have any... <laughs> Do you have any brandy? And yeah, a, a bottle appears uh, next to you. Oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeeves. Of course. Thank you for visiting. Uh, my master seems to be quite fond of you already. So this place is, is pretty magic? Fairly, yes. Well, do all the doors lead to different places? A, a you... door is just a, a door. What lies beyond it uh, depends on your intention. Whoa. Okay. Thank you. Ben limps. <laughs> <laughs> limps over and just rips a, a, a turkey leg off. Yeah, <laughs> so as, as you walk back into the room, the door again closes behind you. Kara is uh, clutching her staff and um, muttering to herself, running her hands over her bruised ribs. I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on myself. Mm. 10 HP okay. does not seem like enough to deal with this guy's family. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> if, if we have enough time here to, to pull off a, a small short rest. I think yeah. you could pull off a short rest here for sure. There is, uh, there is, yeah, a bunch of food around. It seems like you've been sort of left on your own in here. Mm -hmm. Okay, I am going to use that my arcane recovery. We are doing. So as as you sit around, uh, sort of regaining your senses, uh, you feel like the warmth of the fire, the food, Valen especially. I think like this is it is conjured food, mm -hmm. and it's good for conjured food. But it, like as a uh, a wizard and a noble. You can tell the difference, right? For for everybody else, uh, I think it's as a halfling who really likes food. <laughs> Maybe like I, I think like some of the things that you've had a lot, like your order tastes a little off. Mm. Um, but the other food that you've never had before, like you would, you'd never really know. You won't hear Valen complaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rose is just tucking in microwavable dinner trays. Just <laughs> just eating good berries. Yeah, mm. yeah, flesh. You know, hallucinogenic eggplant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I would say an hour or so goes by as you're sitting and eating. You get a full short rest. What's in the room with us, furniture-wise? I mean, you know, chairs and cushions and stuff like that too. But uh, like bookcases, things like that. There are two like very tall bookcases that go up to the ceiling. This place has 15-foot ceilings. Um, oh, okay. There are two bookcases that have those Beauty and the Beast sliding ladders on nice. them, uh, in case you want to do a musical number. Um, I figure that's all that those are for. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah right? These uh, tall windows where you can see the storm still raging outside, the big fire pit in the middle, and all sorts of art. Uh, this this uh, sort of beautiful art from various exotic artists. I would love to look at the portrait of Kenneth and, uh, and yeah. the drow woman a bit more closely. Okay. Um, what are you looking for? Anything, uh, if there's any inscription or like description of, of who they are, what they're wearing, any sort of equipment that they have on them. Yeah, okay. Um, so they are dressed, Kenoith is a fair bit younger in this picture. This drow woman as well, they, they seem very like affectionate with one another. They are wearing 
pretty ratty adventuring clothes and they look like they are prepped for like exploration. Um, you can see around Kenoit's chest, like on a sash, he is wearing a big brass telescope. Okay. They both have uh, like mapping equipment and you see that there is like a little brass plate at the bottom that says uh, Kenoit the Cold and Paulina Godwreath. Star's going to do some investigation into some of those books. I think mostly he's just going to start pulling on books to see if any of them make a, make a, make a bookcase a door. <laughs> Great. Uh, do an investigation check. Um, he's, been in, he's been in fancy noble mansions before. He knows what these mansions do. <laughs> uh, and I Critical think fail. It, oh, no. <laughs> you pull on one and a trap door opens. <laughs> you fall into a, a perv dungeon. Oh, no. Um, no, you, uh, you, you just pull out one. a bunch of like super boring books it's all these things about like scientific studies on very specific mapping tools Mm. very in-depth about like the sextant and stuff wow this is uh, colossally boring who reads these (laughs) as you put that back i'm like oh no no wait 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 i'll just kind of like slide (laughs) it out oh yeah you want to see it too yeah i mean come on we it looks horrible oh yeah okay right 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 and I'll uh, kind of take it trail off. I'm going back for seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's so much food. Yeah. So much food. Uh, one other thing I think you would notice, Valen, in the picture. The eyes are uh, moving. The eyes are not moving, <laughs> but they are painted in that way that it kind of looks like they are. Mm. Um, but you notice that the uh, drow is wearing a holy symbol. Okay. Do I recognize the holy symbol? That would take a religion check. It is definitely not a major religion. I will do that check. And that is a 23. Uh, she is... Clearly a worshiper of Najem. Najem. Ah, uh, yes, Najem. <laughs> Who is the goddess mm. of curiosity and adventure. We all know. That's a good god. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you I know you all knew that. Yeah. <laughs> we studied the handbook. But go on, I like it better when you say it. <laughs> it's for the listener who may not know. Curiosity and adventure. I'm sure wow. 5% of our listeners don't know Najem, the goddess of curiosity Much and like adventure. Much like the rest of us. 5% of us. <laughs> yeah. Only the curious ones found out. (laughs) Well, it appears our host and his companion were cartographers of some sort. Fascinating. That's... Wow. I I would love to see what work they've produced. Absolutely. Uh, Especially, you know, as widely traveled as as they seem to be here, you know. That would really be something. It's certainly helpful, given that we'd like to know the way home. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. That too. I, I suppose, possibly, yes, interdimensional cartographers. Well, um, here we are, that's where after the all. the greatest findings are. The world is much bigger than it seems, I suppose. Yeah, you know, one that might say star, that it really is. Worlds. Are there any maps as part of the artwork around? There are no maps. Okay. Not on the walls. Mm-hmm. If I'm scanning the bookcase, do I see anything that's like, this book is maps? Uh, what, what's your, like, passive investigation? 39. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My passive investigation, I think, is my lowest one. 19. Uh, it's still like 20 something. Oh my 21. Uh, so the, the books are written in uh, like a huge variety of languages. Oh. Um, so while you can't immediately see a like book of maps, you can see that there are very few of them. And, and a lot of them do seem to be like these more mundane technical encyclopedias almost are written in common. Uh, okay. But a lot of them are there. There's a fair bit of Sylvan you can see, and you can identify books from the different courts. 
There is like a whole section of books that are definitely from the Winter Court, and a lot of them are about uh, battle strategy. Mm. It seems um, so. There's a lot of uh, a, a lot of like war-based literature uh, from the Winter Court. You can see a couple of books from the Summer Court. Of there's like some poetry, but also some some military-based uh, stratagem. Any military stratagems written in poetry? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say there is a uh, the general of flowers who would write all of his uh, his battle plans in poetry. Oh, such a uh, nerd. Very quickly defeated. Um, <laughs> extremely short-lived <laughs> career. Rowan, read us your favorite poem. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll write it, and I'll, I'll pull one down, and I'll flip through it, and uh, and then say uh, some really beautiful lines in Sylvan. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's really, I kind of wipe a tear away. It's, it's really something. It is. While yeah. that's happening, could I um, oh. carry out a ritual uh, detect magic? Yeah, okay. I'm going to carry out a ritual, like <laughs> eat an entire turkey, bones and all. Yeah. 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 I think at this point, Ben is like finished. He's polished off his pumpkin pie and uh, curls back up on the pillows and shuts his eyes. Yeah. I, I'm just book after book, like just kind of perusing for snippets of summer court poetry and then like a book that has like a sexton on the spine that kind of caught my eye but not really reading at depth just sort of flicking through and reading a page or two here and there and then moving on to another one mm-hmm. yeah star drifts to the fire mm-hmm. as someone with a large family that uh you know I haven't seen in a while i'd like to look for any like family portraits or other evidence of family communications that kind yeah. of thing yeah, uh, you do see a family portrait. Um, you can see an, another portrait showing Kenoith and Paulina, and with them are three of their children. These uh, small—they're just these little tieflings. Uh, they're very cute. Uh, one of them is just kind of this round with deep red skin. He's got these really tall horns that come out of his forehead and just stick straight up. Um, and you can see that there's actually like a piece of paper that has been stuffed down over one of them just out of his reach. He's got this worried little face. And the other two are extremely poised and standing on either side of their parents with these deadly serious faces. One of them with this like dark, dark gray skin with cracks in it. Uh, Like all of the creases and lines around their eyes are red. And the other one who looks like the oldest is like half in shadow. And they both have curled horns that come out the sides. But on one of them, the right one curls up. On the other one, the right one curls down. And they create like a wave pattern if they stood next to each other. Dinner with demons. Valen, your detect magic goes off. The fire, quite magical. You see one of the books on the shelf glows beeline towards that. There is like magic floating through this area. Uh, like the, the tower itself is magical and you as a, a studied wizard would know that very, very powerful wizards can conjure their own towers. Yeah. And and this is certainly a full conjured tower. The book when you pull it out is the Tome of the Cold, it's called. Hmm. It is a book about the experimentations of Kenoith, pretty recently published about his uh, experiments with magic. He uh, has made a career in creating his own spells and altering spells in the conjuration field. Mm. And unfortunately, the magic of it is just a glamour. So on the front, you can see him holding his hands shut, and then he opens them, and a uh, wardrobe appears, and then he closes it, Mm. and the wardrobe disappears. So the magic puts a a gif on the cover? 
Yeah, <laughs> it's a magic gif. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's actually one of the holographic. Like you have to move it oh, back. And forth. Cool. <laughs> I, I would definitely happily uh, sit down and, and and look through that and and glean what I can from from his style of experimentation. Okay, so as you sit down to read and everybody polishes off their meals and starts to like laze around the fire, the door opens and an argument, uh, two arguing tieflings walk through the door with horns in a wavy pattern as they stand next to each other, like arguing and as they walk in the door, they stop as they see you. Quite a bit older than they were in the photo on the side. They look to be in their like 40s. And this woman with the deep black skin uh, streaked with the, the red, now the, the wrinkles uh, showing more age, more red wrinkling through her face, steps forward and says, who are you? Oh, uh, well, just some guests. Yeah. I growl at um, them. Mm. Uh, a pleasure to meet you. Um, your wonderful host, uh, Kenoith, was uh, so kind as to rescue us from the weather outside. Uh, father picked up more strays. Oh, he's your father. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet the family. Yeah, he, we really owe him, owe him a nice bit, I think. He really saved our skins out there. Uh, I, I would go through the introductions, I think, and, and, and introduce everybody by name. She, as you start introducing people, she just sort of, like, waves at you to stop. Ugh, Herrick, you can introduce yourself if you like. I'm going to go to my chamber. And she opens the door. You see, like, a, a sort of grand bedroom on the other side of it for a moment and then slams it behind her. Oh, uh, sorry. Did, uh, didn't realize that you were in such a rush. Um, we'll we'll get, let you get to it. Yes, uh, she is. Well, I'll just say it. She's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, the name's Herrick. Herrick. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. She was wearing these, like, very formal warm winter robes. This guy is wearing some kind of dirty, dark leather armor. He has a black cloak over his head, which he, which his horns stick out through the sides. He unclasps some buttons and then lowers his hood. He, he says, yes, a uh, uh, pleasure to meet you. I'm, uh, I, I don't mean to be quite as rude, but we have traveled quite a distance. Uh, I would also like to uh, retreat to my room and have a little rest before tonight. Uh, these family get-togethers tend to be exhausting. Yes, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, I can relate as well. Um, uh, please, um, we'll be happy to uh, speak to you. Entertain ourselves. Very good. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeeves, Jeeves will take care of you. He's uh, a good, what, living statue? I almost said feller. He's not alive. <laughs> uh, I'll be in my room. Um, I'll, I'll see you later. I'm sure we'll all be around for drinks. It looks like you already helped yourself to... Uh, some of the food, so uh, maybe not at dinner, but definitely for drinks afterwards. We look forward yeah, to that, it. That sounds good, yeah. Uh, and he spins around this sort of black cape furling behind him, and he opens the door. You see a much darker bedroom as the door opens. A couple of candles like light up red as the door opens, uh, <laughs> and he steps inside and closes the door behind him. Ben is positioned vertically to the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look at you, Star. Uh, I've always thought about getting a cape. Do you think I should get a cape? Balin, I think you should get the cape. Hmm. I'm, I am on board 100% with this cape idea. It looks good. Let me tell you. I mean, I have this cloak, and you know what? Normally, I don't wear a cloak because the desert and all, but I'm I'm liking the cloak. Hmm. Anyone interested in ben. visiting uh, Kenoith with me? Well, yeah, I'll come. Uh, and, like, <laughs> looks at the fire. Bria's is, like, mm. belly up next to it. <laughs> Slowly rising and yeah, falling. Yeah, yeah. Ben has his his eyes closed, but they're like clenched shut, like he's <laughs> obviously not asleep. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll come too. I, I'd, um, I wouldn't say no to poking around a bit. I'm mostly just extremely curious about this place. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll head to the the, the doorway. I'll, I'll I'll go slowly and like try to like look at the the frame and see what like magical things I can discern from the way the doorway works. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like the door as you're walking towards it with detect magic on, um, the door itself looks pretty regular, but you can see magic shooting through the seams like an extremely bright light. Right. Uh, yeah. So we open it up. As you open it, you see on the other side, uh, Jeeves standing there looking at you in the main hall. Uh, hello, Jeeves. Um, could you point us towards uh, Kenoith's study? Uh, of, of course. I also uh, feel it pertinent to tell you that uh, if you would like to join the family for drinks tonight, uh, perhaps you would like to freshen up, change out of your wet clothes and such. Uh, and uh, the master has informed me that a guest room has been made up for you. Uh, so if you would like to visit that at any point, please let me know. Well, that's awfully kind of him once again. Very kind. Um, well, and I quickly just use prestidigitation and, like, instantly dry and clean all of my clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't be needing a change, but uh, I look at some of the others and... I'd love a dry. Yeah, uh, quick, I... quick prestidigitation over everyone. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's much better. That is much better. So, sorry, and I hadn't geez. thought of that earlier. Yes, thank you, Valen. He kind of like giggles when you, what, as you do that, and he says, "I'm sorry, I was being uh, uh, polite. We we have nicer clothes for you, is what I'm trying to say." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now this this is my uncle's armor. I think he did quite a good job on the stitching here. Uh, I don't see anything wrong. The, yeah, Star looks at Valen and is like, "Now might be the time to get your cape." Ah, well, um, yes, uh, I look at Rowan. And I was like, "Well, um, occasionally uh, events such as this do have a, a strict dress code." Um, so it's it's best not to upset our host. Uh, very well. Could you point us to the the, the chambers? Uh, of, of course. And then the hallway splits again into six hallways, and then they close again to your right in a in a closed door. Thank you very much. Of course. We yeah, I'll give him a wave. Head down that way. Yeah. Uh, so you open the door and you see a large, illustrious bedroom. Uh, there are enough beds for each of you. You can see that there are wardrobes. And actually, when you open the door, Pinky comes running out. Oh, hey. Uh, of the room and kind of like pauses and looks up at you. Hello. Oh, hey there, little guy. Uh, and it waves. Uh, I'll pop him another blueberry. Any sort of... Uh, yeah, devours <laughs> it. <laughs> any sort of magic spell present on Pinky? Yes. Uh, Pinky is certainly a familiar. Mm -hmm. um, Pinky has a conjuration spell. Bind soul. <laughs> <laughs> you see they have conjuration magic, which you expected, and then an unexpected effect as well, uh, an abjuration spell. There is abjuration magic around around Pinky. I note that, uh, but don't say anything about it. Uh, yeah, and, and Pinky like devours the blueberry and then scurries behind Jeeves, and a small door opens. <laughs> on the ground and he opens it and runs through it. Man, I sure hope he doesn't turn into a villain. Oh man, what a cutie. <laughs> uh, Star's gonna go over to one of the wardrobes and open it up. Uh, yeah, so you open up this wardrobe. It's like this huge, illustrious wardrobe. Uh, you actually, Valen, recognize these wardrobes from the front of the book that you found. They match it perfectly. They are all identical. Uh, they are about seven feet tall, five feet wide, and two feet deep. And they are like, gold-plated with 
these like beautiful jewels around the outside of it. And when you open it, it just opens into darkness. The two hands come out and then clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking for two things. One, what sort of spell is present on the wardrobe? And second, mm -hmm. I'd like to do a like a, a, a scouring of the room for any divination magic. You do not get any divination magic. The wardrobes have conjuration on them. Right. Yeah. Star kind of like puts his hand inside. Yeah, and as you do, your hand disappears into the dark and you feel clothing. Oh. Uh, like you'll, you'll feel like beautiful silk. And then as you move your hand over, you feel like a thick fur. And, and kind of moving back and forth, it's just like brushing mm. through hundreds of outfits. Perhaps he's just going to pull out something at random. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, just roll a d20. All right, sick. Four. Four? I mean, you can describe it, but it's something that Star would absolutely never wear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Um, so it's like, it's like a, a short, like dwarvish suit. Like a suit that like a dwarvish merchant would wear. So it's like, you know, four feet long, really stout, like all earth tone, like <laughs> clearly like like something something practical for being like deep underground. Yeah, He's like, a little minor hat. <laughs> yeah, um, perhaps you could try uh, thinking about the sort of outfit you would like. Star thinks really hard and then pulls it out, pulls, reaches in again. Yeah, and you get what you're thinking of, at least like an extremely close approximation to it. Sweet. All right. So it's like a matador outfit, in case people uh, were watching. I watched. Like a frilly yeah. collar and like a little short jacket like that comes up around the ribs and like really tight like black pants. He's like, hey. The flared bottoms. Yeah. Well, he puts it on. He's just like, <laughs> that's sharp. That's, that's real sharp. Tilts the beret on the top. <laughs> Hello, it's Mike Fardy, your Dungeon Mom. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Wonders and Blunders. I know what you're all wondering. When is the Halloween Spooktacle coming? Well, I'm right there with you. I'm also wondering that. But I have a feeling that it's going to be sneaking up on you very soon when you least expect it. So, don't expect it. Next week is the biggest milestone a podcast can reach. Episode 69. So, now is a perfect time to share the show with your friends, get them involved... Get them started at the beginning. They could probably binge it right up to this point and catch right up with you and, and think of all the wonderful conversations you're going to have along the way. So share it with two people and then tell them to share it with two people or else, you know, like a, a faceless hag woman will visit them in the night. You know, threaten them. Threaten your friends uh, to listen to our podcast. But besides that, as always, keep being the best. We love you very much and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.